RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You know, how was your weekend, first of all? Oh, uh, how about you? Oh, really? Yes. Oh, gosh. That's not what I want to hear. Can I ask why? Nah. nah it's just all a bunch of, a bunch of sh- things. Oh, but, how about you, but how about you? Tell me something good to take I, my mind off of my shit. I have good things, actually. <laughs> so Saturday was the, uh, the finals of the uh, competition, the singing competition that my kids were in. And? And Viviana, Miss Helga herself, took second place. Wow! In all the high school, there were so, eight. Yeah. What, so what's the what's the prize for for uh, silver? Fifty bucks and a trophy. Hell yeah, that's great. Yeah, and you know the crazy thing is, is that she's a sophomore, right? So she's in tenth grade. Usually, the the winner spot is always a senior because they're leaving and the whole emotional thing of it and everything like that. I don't think there's ever been a sophomore who's took second place before. That's great. It was really amazing, and and my little guy. Oh, so this is a pretty good story. I think you'll laugh. So he is he's he can sing. I mean, he can sing. It's weird. It's like I never expected my little man to be able to sing. But here he is. So he he's just getting into it now. Like he never did it like when he was really young, like Viv or anything like that. So the first week he did a Bruno Mars song. And the second week this week, he chose I'm Still Standing by Elton John. Oh, damn. Now, I don't know if you know much about that song. You know the song, right? Yes, I do. The, the lyrics are insane. Like, I, I've listened to that song my entire adult life and still don't know the lyrics to it, except the chorus, because it's really difficult. And he chose it last week and had a week to learn this song and all those lyrics. And he actually got up on stage. Not only do you remember the lyrics, but he was like getting the audience singing. And I was like, whoa. Coming out of his shell, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Now he didn't win and he didn't place, but he really had a good time and it was really cool to see. So that was awesome. <laughs> That's tremendous. And it, so does does uh, Viv know what she's going to be doing with her fifty dollar uh, booty? Oh, it's probably already gone. I don't. No. I would. I went right to that. I would have went right to that ice cream place on uh, on King's <gasps> Highway that I went to. You know what's crazy? There's also another road here, and it's called Ye Old King's Highway. Did you know uh. that? No, I did not. <laughs> Every time Will and I drive by, he goes, Ye old King's Highway. <laughs> Stupid. Ye. <laughs> anyway, so that was my weekend generally. Then I was on Dave Janda's show yesterday. And you know wow. what else I did Dave last Janda. Time? Yeah. I haven't thought of him in God knows how long. I do his show once a month. He's on the radio every Sunday. I really like Dave Janda. Yeah. I had I had a lot of time I had a lot of fun talking to him back. We haven't spoken probably in a couple of years, but it was it was a little bit more back in the time when there was so much vibrating excitement going on. We thought that the uh, that the cracks in the facade was going to trigger some kind of a landslide in corruption and uh, and and justice. I I love talking to people um, who really know their stuff, right? So. Dr. Jand is one of those people, and so is another host that I interview with often up in Wisconsin, Vicki McKenna. Mm-hmm. 
um, she challenges me and I'm not bragging, but like I just spend my entire day in the news. So it's like hard to not know something. There have been occasions where she said something that I didn't even know. And I'm like, whoa, this girl, she's great. Um, and, and so that leads me to my next thing I want to talk about this morning, Frank. Yeah. You know, when Trump announced Truth Social, I was like, oh, great. Another platform. Yay, yay, yay. But it's Trump. So it's freaking fantastic. Right. But I wasn't like super excited about it. I was just like, great. Another social media platform. Awesome. Diversification. But now I just had some time to marinate in it. And I'm realizing just how amazing this is going to be. Uh, yeah, well, I can't sign in. So. Well, nobody can. Don't feel bad. It's like the Obamacare rollout right now. <laughs> It's going to be like that. It's it's just think about the sheer number of people flooding to this thing right now. Hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And Don Lemon was probably the first one to sign up. Yes, 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 sir. And and then Brian Stelter shortly thereafter. Um, but the reason why I'm saying that is like, so I'm on there at Tracy Beans. Now, I'm not literally physically on there yet, but I should be very soon. Um, but people can follow me already. And all of the people that are on there, because there was like a, a first wave beta rollout where there were like 4,000 people allowed on the platform. And mm-hmm. my business manager, Gigi, got in on that rollout and she's been using it. And she's like, it's like a huge homecoming. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, even the people that are still on Twitter, maybe some of them didn't go to Gab. Maybe some of them didn't go to Getter or Cloud Hub or, you know, any of these other ones, the parlor that popped up. But they're all going to go to truth social, all of them. And so we won't be screaming to a tiny, well, no, I won't even say tiny. We will be screaming to everybody in one place instead of scattered across 10 platforms. And like people that probably were hesitant to leave their Twitter accounts, which annoys the sh out of me, will definitely go to truth social. I'm excited. Oh, hey, I, I'm, uh, I'm excited for anything that, that pops up of this kind of caliber. Yeah. I, only, only because, hey, you, you just need you need more out there. There always there just needs to be a bigger, more diversified marketplace. And you know, just out of out of due diligence, I'll have to go. I've been trying to grab a at quite frankly, just so that it's it's reserved. But hey, I, I'm 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 down for it. We need more competition and more uh, players on the field. Yeah, and the other thing is, I just got an email from Breitbart. That they just basically they published a press release from Gab. Um, and, you know, everybody's got their opinions on Gab and anti-Semitism and blah, 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 whatever. But Gab has built a pretty robust parallel economy because they've been at it for years now. Right. And they're they're now funding tech startups and agriculture startups and, you know, all kinds of different um, verticals. Wendy sent me a text message about it, too, this morning. They're they're starting to fund startups in these areas and they're using a completely alternative financial, you know, mar- economy for lack of a better word to do it. I think mm. it's great. I, I, uh, yeah. I'm on Gab. Me too. Never had any problems. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fantastic. And, um, the other thing on top of that, I just completely lost my train of thought. I'm pausing it. Hold on. So you know how the give, send, go was hacked, right? Yes. Yeah. So there's a guy who came out accepting responsibility for doing this, mm-hmm. who, you know, declares himself he's the founder of Anonymous. Um, 
yeah. Well, I'm going <laughs> to, I did, I did a little bit on this guy, uh, last Thursday and actually I'm doing a gigantic show on this tonight. Oh, good. I, I have, I actually have a OG member of anonymous coming on tonight to talk about what actually happened to anonymous because I've been wondering when I saw this Aubrey Cottle dude, um, if you want to call him that I, um, I've been wondering where the hell is the the the, the pro civil liberties corruption exposing keyboard keyboard cowboys that were you know were always the first to say hey listen world elite we're coming for you yeah. 10, 15 years ago yeah. what the hell happened I thought that at this phase in the great unmasking we were going to have yeah we were going to have people. That, that feel inclined to go outside like the, um, the the convoys and the truckers and the protests and all that stuff. But what about the cyber truckers? Where the hell they all come from? Why the hell are, 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 are creatures like this speaking on behalf of what we thought was going to be a civil libertarian group of, um, of uh, I don't know, you know more. Yeah, seriously. So so the reason why I got intrigued by it is because in his little spur where he was in, uh, you know, copping to doing all of this to all these different companies. He mentioned Epic Hosting. And Epic Hosting is actually Uncover DC's hosting company. And he hacked Epic Hosting um, several months ago in, in, a, in, a, in a ridiculous way. And Is that so, when your website went down? No, 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 no. Um, it was more personal information that got hacked, not actual, you know, taking sites down and stuff. Besides, I have a few failovers. Scattered across the world in certain places. Oh. So, because um, I was going down all the time. Um, it, and it was for no other reason than people just attacking the site. This was back when I was still on Twitter. Uh, so I diversified quite a bit. I said, okay, well, if there needs to be a small investment made here in technology, then that's, you know, we can't have a news site that goes down every time somebody gets angry with something that we publish. So, um, but... I sent this to the, you know, the owner or the CEO of Epic. And I said, hey, you might want to hear this. I said, warning, severe mental illness, but you might want to hear. Here's a little clip. Oh, wait, before we go on, everybody was talking about that look he had on his face. Do you know whose look that is? Peter Strauss. Yes. What do you think? I, 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 that's what I said last week. I said, I said the, the thing about this guy uh, with his his gyrating and his un, and his his twisting in his seat and his screaming and his unhinged craziness is that this is what's actually living inside of people like Andy McCabe, Peter Strzok, Hillary Clinton, but they are far more polished and Machiavellian. This is just the inner psychopath yes. that has been has been enabled by uh, by a government and um, that obviously gives safe harbor to these types of terrorists. And he's still allowed on PayPal, by the way. Oh, sure. I'm not. <laughs> but he is. Just saying. Yes, I docked the truckers. I did it. It was me. I had to give send go, baby. And I do it again. He's weird. Really weird. I do it a hundred times. I did it. I did it. Come at me. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to me? Huh? And... He's just moving around like his shoulder. I hacked Epic Hosting. I hacked Parlor. I hacked Gab. I hacked Truth Social. I hacked Go Gibson Go. I don't care. And you know, the worst part about this is I'm reading the comments because this is a TikTok live stream he's doing. 
They're saying go boy. Oh yeah. my god. Everybody's like, yes. Well, listen, this yeah. is th- th- this is also the same kind of mentality that confidently and with great glee brought uh, Tsar Nicholas and his children into the uh, into the basement in Moscow and shot them all up against the wall. But this is I, I mean, for as weird, we, we can poke fun. There's so many names you can hurl at this creature here. But um, this this should be very concerning because obviously, obviously. People like this are being protected and enabled by the CIA, the FBI, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you not how do you not like hold him accountable? He I, that, that those are serious crimes he just admitted to serious crimes, not just fodder for journalists to dox people who donated ten dollars to a small fundraiser. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he's he's shooting himself in the foot for sure. I mean, there are ways that people like this can make themselves, uh, you know, expendable. You, you you have to maintain some kind of level of discretion here when you're when you're working toward a greater end for, uh, on behalf of higher powers. But um, they, they, but then you can always. I mean, what what, what happened with uh, Jeffrey Epstein once he became a known quantity? And and they and uh, and his problems couldn't be kept under wraps anymore. Had to go. Yeah, he had to go. Well, everyone who who gets to that point has to go. Um. So do you want to keep? I mean, it gets. I mean, it gets worse. Yeah. I'm. You can literally put my name into the news tab on Google, and you can find everything I've done. I am literally in every mainstream media publication for the things that I do. I'm not an unknown actor. I'm literally a famous cyber terrorist. And you think that you can scare me? He's nuts. I mean, the look on his face right now. It's not an act. This is real. And, you know, he whines and complains all over his TikTok account about not being able to see his kid. (laughs) He has a GoFundMe up that's raised, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And you know what the crazy thing is, is that Rob Monster from Epic actually donated to his GoFundMe after he called him out for hacking Epic so that he could go see his kid. And he said, yeah, I took the money and I went and visited my son because Rob is a Christian and he believes in redemption. And, you know, there's a huge I'll put an article in the show notes that CNN wrote about him that he sent to me um, because, you know, he's accused of harboring extremist content because he's got Gab on the platform and he's got, you know, he um, he has uh, Infowars. You know, everywhere that people needed to go to find hosting on the Internet because some tyrant decided that they were misinformation. So I just started there because, well, actually, I started at GoDaddy, but I moved over because I didn't I could see the writing on the wall. That's why I say anyone who stays on these things and doesn't have a backup plan is out of their minds, out of their minds. Crazy. What are you going to say tonight? Do you have anything you can tease today on the show? No, I'm 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 opening up the door, letting letting my buddy Jim Lee walk right through it and tell the story of of what happened, um, when it was co opted, and and where we are now. Because I just it was in the middle of I think I was just talking about Canada, and it it popped in my head. I then I just it just came out. I said, you know, not for nothing, but where the hell is anonymous? Or where the hell forget and forget about because you know I know it's a it's a fool's errand in itself to speak on behalf of any demographic out there and say, I am the, I am the, the voice of this particular demographic. Uh, it, it's hard enough to do that for anyone, let alone a anonymous group of people on the internet. I, and I use anonymous as an adjective there, not yeah. as a, 
you know. So I understand that there's probably it's always it's always just been a little bit. But but there are people they call them they call them. Uh, well, I forget it. It's Internet lingo. But moral. There is a little bit more of a moral uh, contingent of hackers that were that are very concerned about civil liberties and exposing corruption and making sure the Internet is a free place and pushing back. You know, the more of the V for Vendetta, uh, you know, zero cool hackers kind of people, uh, the max headroom kind of people that you would expect that when things get really sticky like this, there would be a, a satellite hacked and a red pilled video would go over NBC. You know, you, you would think that, oh, we would, we'd be pulling out all the snops at right this point because the apocalypse is real. I mean, the great unveiling is, is, is very, very real. And, um, I just can't wait to get the, the, the story from soup to nuts because it's obviously, it's obvious, uh, went off, off the deep end. Um, obvious. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was a very, it wasn't even a subtle change. You know, well, when, think about this something that you've also been very big on covering over the last five years or so. But this hack of the DNC, I mean, that would have been wonderful to, to, to get some people really involved in that. I wonder what has, what this divergent, um, this, this timeline away from morality and civil liberties has to do with the corrupting of WikiLeaks, has to do with yeah. one thing or not. It has to all be tied together. Of course. Yeah. But th- then you'd have to also argue that the DNC was hacked, which I, I. Right. Well, I mean, these would be the people that that could also come in and definitively say, along with people like Bill Binney, that oh, I see. Th- this wasn't a hack. I mean, this whatever. Um, well, I mean, or they were the ones who got Podesta, which I would argue is way more of a treasure trove. Yeah. Gosh. Absolutely. I read almost every single one of those. Insane. Every time a new drop would come out, I would get in there. I still reference it. Let's move on to data, Frank. CDC. The CDC, the New York Times had a huge piece out this weekend about this. And the title of the piece is the CDC isn't publishing large portions of the COVID data it collects. And this comes on the heels of UK Scotland not publishing any of the, quote, breakthrough data anymore at all because of the ability for people to, quote, misinterpret it. Now, I did a video about this and I showed the last normal report and then I showed the next report that is is included in it is an entire page of disclaimer language about how not to read the data in the report, i.e., Yeah, it looks like there's a ton of breakthrough hospitalization and death, but this is misleading. And here's why. And it gave you like all kinds of things. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't take this to mean that. Don't take this to mean that. There's no way to know this. So they went from their data before there were breakthrough hospitalizations and death being very, very solid and everybody should follow it to afterwards being don't look at this. It's not right. And you can make uh, conclusions about the efficacy of vaccines that are not warranted. And then it went to, we're not even releasing it anymore. Right. So the, the, the New York Times came out with a piece about the CDC. Now, I will argue, and I think everybody will agree with me, that the CDC has not been releasing good data the entire time, ever, about United States stuff. Like, they've never released good data. She says here, for more than a year, the CDC has collected data on hospitalizations for COVID-19 in the United States and broken it down by age, race, and vaccination status, but it has not made most of the information public. 
When the CDC published the first significant data on the effectiveness of boosters in adults younger than 65 two weeks ago, it left out the numbers for a huge portion of that population, 18 to 49-year-olds, the group least likely to benefit from extra shots because the first two doses already left them well-protected. Yeah. Well-protected. Well-protected from what exactly? Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. It, this is, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the more this goes on, the more I, I become a little bit more um, resigned, a little bit more resigned because there's, this is not going to be we, – we are so far past having uh, somebody having to admit accountability or culpability uh, through data that's released. Sure, data is going to only embolden us and, uh, and, and validate what we've been able to confirm a long time ago, but th- this this – no, no, it's being read wrong. Bullshit can go on forever. And mass murder is the charge. So, I mean, what, what are we what are we what are we doing? How long is this dance going to go on for? And uh, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be very upset. Um, I just I, I tend to be a little bit more optimistic and think we're just getting there because starting three one, the FOIA information from the Pfizer study is coming. And they can't get it. They can't get away with that. They have to release it. It's a court order, and they have to do it. And it has to all come out, and it has to all come out in a set time period. So I, I think that the Pfizer earnings and the you know the insurance industry is coming to a head, and all of this is going to be the final nail in the coffin. That, alongside of the fact that they're really not pushing booster shots anymore, have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. In New York, they're still doing their thing. Are they? Oh yeah, absolutely. On, te- on television, at least. Well, I mean, it, it really is like being in a, in a social club. We are in a different social club. We don't get the same kind of missives. But if you are in that world, if you're in that world, then it, it's, it's still the only thing that they're talking about. Well, I'm going to keep reading this article because it gets really crazy. It says the agency recently debuted a dashboard of wastewater data on its website. That will be updated daily and may provide early signals of an oncoming surge of COVID cases. Some states and localities had been sharing wastewater information with the agency since the start of the pandemic, but it had never before been released. Two full years into the pandemic, the agency leading the country's response to the public health emergency has published only a tiny fraction of the data it's collected. Several people familiar with the data said... Much of the withheld information could help state and local health officials better target their efforts to bring the virus under control. Um, detailed, timely data on hospitalizations by age and race would help if health officials identify and help the populations at highest risk. Information on hospitalizations and death by age and vaccination status would have helped inform whether healthy adults needed booster shots. And wastewater surveillance across the nation would spot outbreaks and emergent variants early. Without the booster data for 18 to 49-year-olds, the outside experts whom federal agencies look to for advice had to rely on numbers from Israel to make their recommendations on the shots. And the fact that they still recommended them, looking at the data from Israel, tells you this is all a big farce anyway. (laughs) So over the weekend, I shared, because I just want to keep people apprised, I don't think anymore that people even want to hear it, and I totally understand. However... There is the BA2 variant of Omicron, which they're now saying should not be called Omicron anymore because it's so much different. But a preprint study from Japan says that the risk of this is potentially higher. So it got more pathogenic. Okay, 
Now, what they don't tell you is that one of the countries where this is pretty much ravaging right now is New Zealand. Okay. And the numbers coming out of New Zealand on this are insane for the vaccinated and boosted. And that seems to be really it. So. BA2, huh? It's good. Yes. Yes. But it's so much different than Omicron. They're arguing that it should have its own Greek letter, that it should be its own thing. Um, well, they're running out of letters, so they better hurry up. Yeah. But I'm looking at this chart here, and this is late February. So, like, right where we're at right now in um, New Zealand. The, I'm going to just send this to you via text real quick, Frank, so that you can look at it and see what I'm seeing. There we go. There's this graph. And then here is the difference between fully vaccinated and not vaccinated at all on that same chart. This is hospitalizations by vaccination status in New Zealand. So green is not unvaccinated. Vaccinated. Oh, my God. You see that? Oh, yeah. Well, hey, th- there's a reason why... Um, I mean, from the very get-go, uh, it was a little bit more controversial for the untrained doctor type. You know, we go, if we're going to talk about medical stuff that's being released and we're not doctors, that you know, for us to draw any kind of inferences or or anything from that, it's very controversial. But when someone like Gert Vandenbosch says that, oh well, oh this is going to trigger immune escape. And we all say among ourselves, you know, that's that's pretty much AIDS. Yeah. And then and then you have <laughs> someone like Dr. Zelenko. He, you heard you heard him out pretty much just come out and say that recently. Yeah. Yeah. He said eventually he says they, they all have AIDS. That's a shit. OK, well, he said it. Several hundred sh- million people. I mean, with AIDS. hell. And again, I will just say the insurance companies are going to have to pay for this. They're going to have all kinds of new drugs, though, Frank. Don't worry. Don't you worry. And every new, quote, vaccine from here on out will be mRNA. I can guarantee it. So if you weren't a, quote, anti-vaxxer before, you should be an anti-vaxxer now. (laughs) Just saying. Including the new HIV vaccine that Moderna is working on. Yes, because Moderna has never had a successful rollout of anything until COVID, ever, at all. Not even one. Mm -hmm. Good business to be in. Yeah, yeah. Did you see, let's, let's shift to these convoys because I have cool stuff to talk about with the U.S. convoys, but, um, the, the California, I mean, the California might as well be the Canada stuff over the weekend was something. And when I was waiting to go on Dr. Dave Danza's show yesterday, there was like the top of the hour Fox News brief. And one of the reporters who was doing the news brief said that the, the response to the protests in Canada were relatively tame compared to the United States. It will be tame compared to no, us? are tame. Uh, oh, okay. Compared to what we do. And then I recalled CHOP and Chaz and the billions of dollars that in damage and fires and looting and the CNN reporter standing in front of a burning building saying, these are mostly peaceful. <laughs> Me, I, I just. Well, that's what happens when the government goes out there and protests on behalf of people. That's, that's why that's uh, able to happen. When there's something that they don't control is going on, that's when they declare an emergency for people who are in bouncy castles with their children. You know, when when, uh, when they're at when when you have government agitprop resources being deployed in major cities across the country, 
and uh, and you're ordering all your local police departments to kneel like idiots. Um, that that's you you can just that's that's power. It takes power to allow that to happen and to call it something else. That is a concerted effort. But uh, you can tell when something that they do not endorse is happening because then you start uh, running people over and with the uh, horses and and uh, and breaking their ribs. So there was a woman run over, a, a handicapped woman who was an elder in a in a tribe, an Indian tribe, run over by a horse, trampled by a horse on video, several angles. Frank, there's a second one I saw too. Yeah, two of them. Yes, and the police actually get on television with state-run media, which it now is at this point, and tell the people that she provoked the horse and got in its way and tried to trip it. Her back was to the horse. (laughs) So that's provoking. Yeah. And here we have the uh, chief of the Ottawa police saying this. I am from Independent Media. So I was in the crowd yesterday. Um, I was unfortunately uh, hit with some pepper spray. I just have a question. Uh, There's some video cameras that the police are using. And uh, some news outlets are reporting that you're gathering intelligence with those cameras. Can you elaborate, like, if the protesters at this point, uh, you know, uh, retreat and go home, uh, are they going to be getting sort of repercussions down the road? Or are you going to be sort of actively pursuing the people that you've been sort of documenting and filming who are still out there protesting? What are your plans after this, uh, after the protest is over? I'm going to stop it before he starts talking, because whatever he says after this, which I already know, is going to define what these people do from here on out. Because if he says, no, if you leave now, we'll consider it a wash. Have a good day. Go home to your family. Then people will probably leave. I would I would think if he says we're going to come after you come hell or high water, then people are going to be like, well, what's the freaking difference? I'm staying. That would be my mindset anyway. Yeah, here we go. It's a great question. And the simple answer is yes. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely. We, we, this investigation will go on for months to come. It has many, many different streams, both from a federal uh, financial level, from a provincial licensing level, from a criminal code level, from a municipal breach of court order, breach of court injunction level. It will be a complicated and time consuming um, investigation that will go on for a period of time. You have my commitment that that investigation will continue and we will hold people accountable for taking our streets over. Um, yeah, there you go. What it's over. in the it's ever, over. does that remind you of what they said after one six? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, well now of course it comes down to, there's two different classifications. Are they going to actually plan the thing from soup to nuts themselves, like like that um, attempt, that supposed kidnapping of Gretchen Whitmer, or are they going to just ride the wave and try to use a little jujitsu on what is going to be a natural response to their tyranny? It's it's happening all over the country, Frank, now. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it it has to continue because life, life in the West is is over. It's over. This is this is the only this is the only thing left now. We were talking about the um, we were talking about how every time something like this happens and nothing nothing goes down to push back against it, there are less and less options as to how to correct it. And now we are left with no other options but to be 
have our presence physically felt. Uh, you have to be able to maintain peace and nonviolence for as long as you can. Defiance, defiance, defiance. But uh, as you know, we're up against psychopaths who will not stop. And the um, the batons and the horses and the rubber bullets are eventually going to become live rounds. You know, I was saying the other day that the parallels really bothered me. The fact that when the whole emergency order came down, something, some kind of event happened in, in Ottawa that caused Parliament to to cancel debate on the emergency order that was placed. And I'm like, that reminds me, it's eerily similar to how after Ted Cruz or whoever, I, th- I think it was Ted Cruz, had made his first um, protest to challenge to the Electoral College and they were supposed to go debate, all of a sudden everybody changed their mind and there was no more debate and everybody that was going to challenge stopped challenging because of the horrible things that the people outside did, right? When that didn't affect the the actual topic at hand, which was whether or not these votes should be certified the way they stood. So it just reminded me, like, they were supposed to debate this and either take it away from them or whatever and they never did it because of some incident that happened. And it's like, this is the same exact thing they pulled on us. And now there are people monitoring the flight aware stuff and seeing flights from D.C. straight there. There's U.N. planes being reported in Canada. So, yeah. And there are four convoys, Frank, taking taking place in the United States. One in the north, two in the middle and one on the south. And Wendy's going on the Freedom Convoy, which starts the 23rd on Wednesday to document the entire thing. So she already out there in California? She's flying out today at three with her stuff in tow. We set up all the restream channels and everything, and she's just going to live stream the entire time. Starts with the rally at a stadium there in, in California, and then they it's called the People's Convoy because it's not just truckers. They're encouraging anybody and everybody who wants to join it to join it. And uh, so Wendy's goal is to try and find a trucker she can hop in with and ride with. That's her goal that's what she wants to do so. well hopefully she has a couple of uh extra battery packs for oh, the she, phone she's got plenty she's Good. a matter of fact she shipped them out to california so that she wouldn't have to worry about getting on the plane with them because you know how they are with that crap absolutely so yeah so that's exciting and um we'll see we'll see how that goes but that one is they're not going to dc they're at least smart and they did release some of the places they'd be spending overnights their full schedule got released but they're not saying where or exactly when or, you know what I mean? They're giving cities and towns. And people are like, you can't do that. Well, how are people supposed to go out there to support them if they don't know where to go? It, they have to tell where they're going. And I'm sure they could change it on a moment's notice. The power of social media is quite amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. So there's that. And then did you see that Joe Rogan actually – had someone on talking about the Great Reset the other day? Yeah, I, I see. When I see things like this, I wonder to myself, is he is he just playing stupid and allowing somebody to say it for him? Or does he he did he really has he really not been listening to what Klaus Schwab has been saying and, and publishing for years now? I mean, th- this has been all out in the open since July 2020. That's when they came out with the with the, the Great Reset stuff. July 2020. Everybody, all the royals, the popes, every everybody is doing this for a while. He when he said that um, that you have World Economic Forum young leaders of tomorrow or whatever the hell it is that have been embedded in cabinets, 
governmental cabinets all around the world, as well as prime ministers and presidents and all that stuff, including Trudeau, that he mentioned twice months ago. I mean, this is exactly what's been going on. We talk about infiltration. I mean, this is not even new. It's just a new iteration of it. So, uh, I mean, it's good for the 11 million people who listen to, to Rogan, but man, oh man, this has just been so naked for so long now. Yeah, you'd think so. Here, this is what Frank's talking about, because I happen to have a clip right here that demonstrates exactly what he's saying. Direct quote, though, on his, as you see it, our teams are now embedded in governments around the world. That's actually what they wrote. Yes. And the video is two minutes. I didn't play all of it. It's what he says. But what he's saying there sounds reasonable, yeah. figuring out on, on strategic ways to end the lockdown is. easily. No, that makes sense. Not the end of lockdown. No, no, no. Well, didn't he say that? Yeah. Keep in mind, Tony Blair is the one who's been advocating for vaccine passports, digital identification through COVID, and all of these measures. But didn't they say that about ending the lockdowns and keeping businesses? Once those measures are in place. Right. So he's even in the UK, his stance has been, yeah, we're going to get out of all it, but you have to have digital ID mm. and you have to have. So, so and then this is going to introduce the, t- the social credit score system. Right. So the, what, all of that came from your question, which is regardless of intention, how do people how do people do that infiltration from within? It's not just Twitter. So back to the psychological operations. It's also embedding people in government who are subscribed to this agenda. Yeah? And the agenda of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum is the same as the agenda of Tony Blair in this regard. They call it on their own website, they call it the Great Reset. That's what they say themselves. Yeah, that's a bizarre thing to do, to yeah. openly. Why do you think they openly discuss it that way? And openly, because the Great Reset has always been this gigantic conspiracy theory. No, among Joe. the online no, folks. Yeah. No, Stop Joe. It. No. No. It's a conspiracy, period. It's a conspiracy. People are conspiring. It always happens. You conspire with people in your personal life to reach some kind of a uh, microcosmic political end. That's just, this is just, I hate, I hate the fucking term conspiracy theory. I hate it. It's I, such, it's a crutch for morons. Yeah. And the fact that he's still saying that, like all of these things, Joe, that you've been saying are crazy conspiracy theories online are actually real. And you're just like, oh, yeah, well, here, here's the rest. I, I, this is, I think, a great I, reset. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, think, no, I really just think it's an act. I think on, on, especially with the increased attention he has on his show right now, he has to double down on this obtuse, babe lost in the woods kind of an act where he just seems really innocent and, and quizzical and inquisitive, I should say. And um, hey, listen, and, and allow, allow the guests to go ahead and, and make their claims. Listen, that's fine by me if he continues to have guests like this on to do it, right? right? But I know that what you're saying is true. There's no way he doesn't. Ugh, here. When he wrote a book called The Great Reset, you're like, hey, man, yeah. shouldn't you be hiding this? And, and, and in 2017, like, that's the thing. He didn't. Did you see that Majid didn't say he wrote a book? Exactly. Exactly. That's a great point. That's a great point. So. That's why when you said that about Joe yeah. Rogan, I'm like, I have a clip that perfectly encapsulated it. Like, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, a great a conspiracy theory. I know it's not. I mean, there's no there. They're it's it's an apocalyptic time that we're living in now. There used to be a time where people can 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 be very calm and Machiavellian about things and talk about great utopian visions for the world and and how it's just going to take a little bit of teamwork, but be very vague about what the teamwork means. And then, of course, when you don't take the bait and you don't follow the Greta Thunbergs of the world and all that crap, then they have to break your will. And that's what the hell they're doing right now. 
And there's no reason to lie about what their intentions are anymore. In fact, this is usually the last refuge for these scoundrels as they go out into the open and they talk confidently about what they're doing and try to marry it to virtue. So that people would say, well, if this was that bad, why the hell would they be out in the open with it? Maybe we just misunderstand them. No. I mean, this this is why James Comey writes, goes out and writes books ingratiating about his time in the FBI versus Trump. This is why everybody else that was involved with the with uh, Russia Gate is working for the networks now. They're, they're, they're public. They get out. They get confident. And they and they beat their chest and they peacock around as if they were always right and they always had the best of intentions. And you're the backwards one. Speaking of that, by the way, speaking of Durham and, and Spygate, something really, really awesome happened on Friday. And I'm like, you know what? I got a little bit of a pep in my step here because of this. So Sussman, who's who's on the receiving end of that, you know, filing that Durham made, basically saying they spied on the executive office of the president and Trump Tower and all that stuff. Right. He filed a thing saying that the only reason why Durham is saying this stuff is for a political hit that he shouldn't be allowed to put this on the docket. And he basically filed a motion to strike those paragraphs from the last filing that Durham had done. And Durham filed a motion back saying, no, I don't think we should do that. And I just want to read it. As an initial matter, defense counsel has presumed the government's bad faith and asserts the special counsel's office intentionally sought to politicize this case, inflame media coverage and taint the jury pool. That's simply not true. The government included two paragraphs of limited additional factional detail in its motion for valid and straightforward reasons. First, those paragraphs reflect conduct that is intertwined with and part of events that are central to proving the defendant's alleged criminal conduct. Second, the government included these paragraphs to apprise the court of the factual basis for one of the potential conflicts described in the government's motion, namely that a member of the defense team was working for the executive office of the president during relevant events that involved the EOP. If third parties or members of the media have overstated, understated, or otherwise misinterpreted the facts contained in the government's motion, that does not in any way undermine the valid reasons for the government's inclusion of this information, i.e., we need to have this in here and here are the reasons why. But here's where it gets supremely amazing. In light of the above, there's no basis to strike any portion of the government's motion. Indeed, the government intends to file motions in Lamine, which will further discuss these and pertinent facts and other pertinent facts to explain why they continue relevant or constitute, sorry, relevant and admissible evidence at trial. Pursuant to case law and common practice in this and other districts, the filing of documents containing reference to such evidence on the public docket is appropriate and proper, even in high-profile cases where the potential exists that such facts could garner media attention. And here it is. See United States versus Stone. Minute order addressing the government's publicly filed motion in Lamine seeking to admit video clip from the movie Godfather 2 that defendant sent to an associate and permitting admission of a transcript of the video. And then another one and another one and another one. So they literally referenced Roger Stone's Mueller case in support of their argument that they should be able to include those things, Mm. which is the ultimate middle finger up the up the wahoo 
you guys politicized Roger Stone, so now we're going to politicize you. It was okay then. Why isn't it okay now? It was, it, they, did, they have other cases and they didn't have to use that case. It was, it was used, it, they didn't have to use it. There was nothing compelling about them using that case other than as a big F you. And when that happened and I read that, I was like, all right, now we're getting somewhere. I am like so much more confident that I was even three, four days ago because of that. Because the substance of that video being entered is pittance. It's nothing. It's stupid. The other case law they cited in here is much more robust and strong. They put that in there on purpose. Just hmm. saying. Well, noted. I'm like, finally, finally. Glorious, glorious, glorious. But anyway, um, there was one more thing. We'll end a little early today, Frank. Okay. There was one more thing that I wanted to play. It's been a very, very, um, how am I say it? Uh, not safe for work show in terms of language today. <laughs> so, oh, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. So I'm going to show this clip from the NASCAR race over the weekend to end the show. There we go. All of our names on here. NASCAR fan, you are epic. Live with us. How about this gentleman right here? Right here. My friend, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. What are you going to sign on that finish line? What do you think I'm going to sign? I'm going to sign Joe Biden. Oh. <laughs> wow. This was on television? This was live on television. Wow. Fantastic. Man in an American flag tank top with a beer in his hand. I, I, you know what? I really like this guy. Totally unafraid. Can't stand. <laughs> I, I, I like him. I like him too. No more decorum. Everybody, stop being so inappropriate. Um, world, it's yes, I know. Now, world war, world war is very inappropriate. You know, I, I'm so excited to get on. You know who's going to be on Truth Social? It's going to be Saul memes and. Mad liberals and carpe donctum and all of the old pals from from back in the day when things were grand, Frank. Well, should be great. I can't wait to uh, be able to successfully enter my birthday <laughs> because I've got nothing but uh, errors for the last. Uh, I don't know. I, I actually tried a little bit a after midnight and I got like a certain way and then i got knocked back to the beginning and then errors it's been nothing but that yet so I, everybody comp everybody you know there are millions of people trying to do this right now so and it's only available right now on apple so right. there's that but everybody's like you know that only liberals have apple phones i'm like um actually oh, oh really um, oh thanks for telling me yeah i had no idea that i was only supposed to have a samsung yeah I, you know you know liberals are the only ones that have modern technology <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's not like everybody jumped to the Candace I, uh, the Candace phone. What? Candace Owens was selling phones or a spokesperson for some phone company or something. I don't know. What what kind of phones? I don't know what they were. Like a like a, a Walter White flip phone? Pretty much. You gotta you gotta break it in half after every uh every phone call and get a new one? <laughs> No, you're not a real conservative until you get the, the you, disposable phone. Do you want to know the other thing that kind of got me um, in my downtime where I was flipping through? You know what? Over the weekend, listening to the songs that these kids chose, when I was in my teens, I was absolutely not listening to parent, my, music my parents listened to when, I, when, I, when they were kids in my age. I was not doing it. Were you? Uh, to a limited degree, 
I, I, um, I, I like the music that my parents listened to, but when I was in my teens, it was all about my heavy metal band. So we, it was very, very heavy metal then. Yeah. So my point in saying all this is that I'll get in the car with my daughter and she'll put on her playlist and it's like legit 80s and 90s songs that I have never personally introduced her to that she's in love with. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And a memory will hit me from like something I was doing when I was listening to that song or what club I was at or like whatever. And then I'll, I'll find myself like dancing and singing along. And she's like, none of our music is good. And they're all like all of the songs basically that were sung at this thing were old early 2000s, mid to late 90s classics that these kids have found on their own and are gravitating to. So I was watching this TikTok and Darude came on. Do you remember that? Sandstorm. Yes. And I'm going to play it because the woman in the TikTok was like, I'm going to read what it says underneath here because it's it's that funny. Hold on. Hold on. I got to go to my likes because I yeah, there was no there was no pretense. I mean, it was it was a, the energy Obviously, sounds change. Yeah. But man, the energy, you, you got like, oh, this is building. We're, we're going. We're about to go. We're about to go. Where are we going? Yes. And, yeah. and, and like the now today artists that are using, you know, their tape, their repart, their re resampling all of these beats from when we were kids. And then it says, when you're a 40 year old mom doing the dishes, right? And she's in there, she's doing her dishes. And by the way, I didn't know this, but did you know overseas? The washer and dryer is always in the kitchen. They don't have a laundry room. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, uh, my mother has a washing machine in her kitchen though. Oh, that's interesting. Well, it, that's cause it's, that's where my grandparents used to live and they had the washing machine. Well, in there the kitchen. you go. I mean, it's not, it's not, I mean, I get it. Why they, people do it. It's, it's very convenient, Right. but I'm going to play the song. She takes her dish towel. And she starts raving like she's got glow sticks. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And she's still got it. And she's doing it. And she's doing it. And I'm like, yes. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was good. Yes. Yes. And the and people wearing Jenkos and like Oh, I got I, a lot of Jenko jeans. You know they're two hundred bucks a pair now? Well, they weren't worth they weren't worth it. They're not worth it. You trip all over yourself. We, it was just one of those things like, come on, come on, man. We skateboard. You have to wear Jinko jeans. Why? So you can use skateboard over your jeans. <laughs> right. You can't you, you can't actually skate in, until you have Jinko jeans or wear Airwalk shoes. Um, it's, it's all it's all coming back. And you know what? I know this has happened before. Like when I was in high school, bell bottoms came back and I was wearing my mom's bell bottoms from when she was in high school that she saved. Because I wanted yeah. them. So I got a pair of bell bottoms again just for New Year's Eve. And I wore them New Year's Eve. They're amazing. I love it. But this is different. This is not just a, a, a cycle in fashion or whatever. This is like legitimately teenagers trying to go back in time to when it was the 90s and 2000s. Oh, you know, it's funny because I was going to make a – I was thinking about this over the weekend. Um, I Maybe on Friday. I forget when where me and Lauren were going – but we were driving around and I started – I asked myself, what, what would I do? What would I do if I can spend a week in the summer of 2001 and – or what can I do uh, – what would you do if you can spend even a week in the summer of 2019 again? Oh. Just just two – you know, like the months before 
all the crap. 9-11s, you know, 9-11-2001, and of course, 2020 was a slow motion 9-11. And um, I, I think that's what I'm going to do, especially 2001. What the hell would I do if I can go back there uh, and spend like a week in New York? I, maybe not even a week in New York. Definitely hit up some clubs that yeah. I never went to. I would go to like Pasha and stuff. And, but then but then there would also be – you have to travel. I'd have to quickly get to Europe. I know. Just go to Europe quick and see, see Italy quick. Fast. And, you know, I remember back in those days, every Tuesday night at the Copacabana on 10th Avenue in New York City, I would leave my work on Staten Island and I would drive in there and meet my then boyfriend. And we would do dance lessons, buffet, and then and whip club. It. And then whip it. No whip it. Okay. Never a drug user. <laughs> but we would get really, really drunk. And then we would dance the night away. And that doesn't happen anymore. You can't even get into a club anymore without papers. So yep. I would give anything to just be that carefree. Even at, like you said, in 2018, we, when we thought everything was so horrible comparatively, oh my God, I would give anything to be talking about Spygate again. Anything. Right. Anyway. One day. Well, thank you for this trip down memory lane. Yeah. Yeah. You have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with... President's Day Val. And, oh, no, I'm sorry. Washington's birthday, Val. And Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We'll be back on Wednesday. Later. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 